0: Let me start at the very beginning, even before I was born. One of my ancestors was King Yayati. He was cursed by the sage Shukracharya for having been unfaithful to his wife Devayani, who was Shukracharya's daughter. The curse was that Yayati would grow old prematurely and thus be unable to enjoy the pleasures of his youth and potency. Later, Shukracharya relented and softened the blow. Yayati would be spared if one of his sons, Yadu or Puru, accepted the consequences of the curse. The older son, Yadu, refused, but the younger, Puru, agreed to take it on himself. As a reward, Yayati chose Puru to succeed him as king in place of Yadu. The enraged Yayati enlarged upon the punishment to his elder son. Neither you nor your descendants will ever occupy a throne, he prophesied in a fury. The unlucky Yadu left his home and settled down in Mathura, where his lineage flourished. Yadu's descendants were the Yadavs, of which I was one. Yadavs, since then, have been king makers, but never kings. Puru went on to become the patriarch of the kingdom of Hastinapur, into which the families of the Kauravs and the Pandavs were born. Anilvershne did not know that he had less than twelve minutes left to live. His modest house in the Hanumangar district of Rajasthan was deathly quiet at this hour, except for the humming of the desert cooler. Varshney loved the silence. It allowed him to immerse himself entirely in the strange letterings and symbols that lay before him. Work was meditation and prayer for India's youngest linguist and symbolist, who had shot to instant fame when he succeeded in deciphering several ancient hieroglyphs from the Indus Valley civilization, Fluent in over 15 languages, Varshne had 10 publications to his credit, including the most widely used multilingual dictionary of Indian languages. He was to ancient writing systems what Bill Gates was to operating systems. His living space was fashionably disorganized, reflective of the eclectic genius that inhabited it. The bedroom was rarely used because most of Varshney's life was spent at the archaeological sites, particularly Kali Banga the most important Indus Valley site in Rajasthan. His living room had no furniture except for a desk and a patterned fabric couch that had seen better days. The bare floor was littered with stacks of books, bundles of research papers, as well as cardboard boxes filled with the objects of Varshne's study, seals, pottery fragments, scrolls and parchments. On the desk before him lay a small rectangular seal, around 20 by 20 millimetres, apparently made of conch shell. The seal had a square peg in the back. Strangely, the peg had no hole for inserting a ring into, as was usual with seals of this type. Three ancient animal motifs of a bull, unicorn and goat were engraved in an anti-clockwise direction on the face of the seal. And it was this frozen tableau that seemed to be the focus of Varshney's attention. His desk was strewn with papers on which he had made sketches and scribbles. A notebook computer stood open on a corner of the desk, its screensaver having been triggered an hour earlier. A brushed steel desk lamp shone a single wide beam of fluorescent white light on the seal and the papers surrounding it. Varshney, oblivious to everything else around him, was closely examining the images on the seal with a Carl Zeiss twenty times magnifying glass. Varshne's outward appearance was that of a geek. Ill-fitting clothes, uncombed hair, and shirt pockets stuffed with a variety of rotating isograph pens. His face was blemished with mild eruptions of acne and his personal hygiene left a lot to be desired. But grooming, bathing, and dressing were completely inconsequential in his world. Varshne had spent several years at various Indus Valley sites, including the recent one at Kali Bhangan painstakingly creating a database of 8,000 semantic clusters from his lexicon of 30 Indian languages. For the first time since the excavations at Harappa in 1921, Varshney now seemed to have found a way to explain the strange hieroglyphs on over 5,000 seals discovered at such locations. Varshney was oblivious to his surroundings and did not observe the shaft of light falling on the floor that gradually widened as the main entrance door to his house was quietly opened the lock having been expertly picked.